Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Rolling Dice Show. <laughs> As you've already heard, we've got a couple of guests on today. Uh, the first being Mr. Tom Ryan. Hello, Tom. Hello. Sorry, I thought you were going to start again. No, we just, we've launched into it. Uh, and as a special guest, my mortal nemesis, Jimmy Dance. Yellow. Hi, Jimmy. How you doing? I'm good. I'm waiting to hear, you know, what hatchet job gets done in the edit this time. <laughs> and as ever, I'm joined by the wonderful Mr. Richard Smith. That's me. I'm pretty wonderful. And that's the last compliment I pay him on air. <laughs> so, oh, hello. I change my uh, my top tweet to Andy Jones says. <laughs> Of the wonderful. Oh, good times. Hello, listener. We are going to talk about a new, not a new game, a new game we, a game we've been playing quite recently. That not new. <laughs> this has not gone well. This has gone as perfect as, as I could hope for, uh, which is the Fantasy Flight Games Star Wars RPG. Yep. Yep. Correct. Mm-hmm. Specifically, Edge of the Empire. Specifically, Edge of the Empire, which we've um, we played when it first came out. Uh, uh, well, me and Richard did, and then we've played it again now with Tom and Jimmy. Yep. And we um, and since then we we got into the very old D twenty Star Wars RPG, so we've got sort of a nice reference point to to go back to. Um. So so far we've just done the beginner box, um, and we've just managed to acquire a ship. We won't won't spoil that story if you've not played it yet, but it's it's going quite well. Rich, you're DMing for the first time. I am. Yeah, previously when we played, you DMed, uh, and it was uh, Mr. Cito, myself, and perhaps Catherine, I yeah. think, yeah. Um, as the players. And yeah, it's really... This is the first time I've GMed anything, and it's... Um, Exciting, wonderful. It's I, I'm really enjoying it, but it's a lot harder than I'd... Um, Tiring. Actually, figured like yeah, yeah. I've got a lot more respect for the work that Tom put into uh, uh, RPGs that we've done in the past. That's right. I mostly spent about forty hours creating a base, like a physical <laughs> ship made out of foam board, and then was like, oh, "This is a podcast." <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Though. Yeah, and we used it once, and then we never even got that as a ship, so it just never. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of what what one of the big things in this system is obviously it's fa- it's fantasy flight, so they've produced their own custom dice that you that you don't need to use. Yeah, they there, don't make no sense. There are conversion charts so that you can use other dice, but you, that would yeah. sound painful. And nobody got yeah, time it's, for that. it's really annoying. What so they are supposed to be, and then working out the result from that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, basically, at the end of this, you end up. With a bunch of results, which will have some successes, some fails, some advantages, advantages, and some threats, threats. And, and potentially <laughs> some um, triumphs, remember. triumphs, and uh, failures. Yeah, it's not called that, but they're called uh, despairs. despairs. Despairs, that's it. Yeah. And basically, a success and a fail. What you expect? You either hit or you don't hit. The um, Advantages and threats are basically they don't influence whether or not you success you succeed or fail, but they give an advantage or a disadvantage based on what you do. So you might let's say you're trying to um shoot a guy. So you're shooting a guy, you're on an advantage as well. That that so you hit like that means that you hit him and also 
maybe it knocks him off balance, so it's going to take an extra action for him when he's firing back at you. But the threat would be something like, oh, you hit him, but then you run out of ammo, so you're going to have to spend... Running out uh, of ammo would actually... Uh, I think you need at least two threats. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but just to give it... Mr. Um, Rulebook over yeah. here. Uh, well, yeah. It'd I be guess. like, yeah, yeah. I guess like a weapon jam kind of thing. Yeah. Like, or, yeah. Or maybe there's a banana peel on the floor and you accidentally slip on it. You which you, which yeah. is fine. Like, you can kind of make those things work in yeah. combat. But when you get into conversations or I'm trying to break through this lock, it just, they're really difficult to think of what they can be. Yeah. Which is good. Like, it helps with the storyline. I think um, whilst we were playing, you guys were all quite keen to chip in what you would like those things to be. Yeah. And I think that is an important part of the system is it's about play engagement. Like it's not just yeah. putting all of this on the DM to well, the, I think be able to, Yeah, it would just kill much. them. Like, yeah. They would just, I mean, even the best DMs in the world would be like, how am I, sp- <laughs> like, how am I supposed to think of all these advantages and keep it balanced? Whereas if the players are throwing like, oh, what if this happened? Then you as a DM could be like, okay, that could work. Or yeah, yeah, I'll allow that. That's cool. Like, yeah. But, and also, like, the advantages and threats don't necessarily have to be system-based. Like, you can just kind of do things kind of for narrative. Yeah. So it's quite nice in that regard. Like, you can add a bit more role-playing into it in that yeah. sense. So. And I did... I'm, I'm, I'm still too mind about whether there's too much of this advantage and disadvantage stuff going on, but it does... It adds that extra flavour that you don't get yeah. in other RPGs. Oh, and yeah. it, is, it does help contribute to a much more... Um, just a much more detailed story than you aim, you aim, you hit. Yeah, exactly. they die. You aim, you well, hit. I think as a, die. especially because <laughs> as we were playing it, you guys were chipping in what you wanted those to be. If I'd just been sat there saying, "No, I'm going to tell you what these things are," yeah, that would be it would remove you from it and yeah. in a big way. But because you're actively engaging, like, oh yeah, I shoot at him, and then oh, I've already managed. So maybe this means that this happens. Then. Mm-hmm you're creating the story as you go along. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's sort of how we did it when we first played. I think because none of you guys had played RPGs yeah. before. Yeah. And I wasn't that great of a GM. I sort of said, told you what everything meant. Um, having it a bit, a lot more open, I think makes it a much more enjoyable game. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy, this is yellow. This is um your second RPG now? After the stars? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Both RPGs. Yeah. Yeah. What do you like and what do you dislike about this one compared to the old one? I like the mechanics with the dice. I just don't like the symbols. Like a couple of us bought the app and it's still... We played it for a few hours. The words, advantages. Like I wish you could just do it as a list thing so it just sort of said... Because like, you can... The app's really good in that it, crunches can, it can crunch the numbers for you and just tell you, like, oh, you have three of these symbols left and two of these symbols left because that's the other thing is symbols cancel each other out um but i wish it just said <coughs> instead of saying three like star pointy explosion things it just said three successes but yeah. like, oh great okay and i mean i mean that will come from once we've well, been yeah, a bit more exactly. familiar with it but yeah. yeah certainly just yeah we played for just to get going two three hours i still yeah. can't work out the symbols yet which well I'll... is annoying right did i do good right. yay our last petition to FFG was about the valley, and that's still not been responded to. So I'm not yeah. sure if we're going to be able to. What yeah, there, should, the there, app. there definitely should be a uh, follow up petition, like the <laughs> FFG two. <laughs> but 
But yeah, I mean, we played through the beginning box, which, like you said, we played through probably with sufficient time for Andy to forget all of the key points. Yeah, yeah I sort of knew what was going on, but I was just enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, it took a little bit of a back. I, basically, I was failing every dice roll anyway, so I wasn't even Oh, that's true. Helping. Yeah, your character is the most useless. Just terrible. Absolutely yeah. terrible. Um, but yeah, like it was, we were doing that with, as you're saying, your own characters, which is... Um, actually made a few bits for me a little bit harder because it's obviously like basically these characters are streamlined to get through this thing um but um it all works you guys have taken some extra um what's it called obligation obligation points which are basically um that they're meant as kind of narrative aids basically the more obligation you have it within certain types of obligation which might be um Oh, you owe this guy some money. Uh, let's say you owe him ten thousand pounds or ten thousand credits, as it would be. Um, so you have ten points of obligation to him. Basically, each one of those points is going to be a thousand, uh, and that means that at the start of each thing, we would roll a dice and see if it triggers any of your obligations, and then something from that obligation would turn up in the scenario, which is quite cool. Yeah. I don't really see how that's a massive disadvantage, but we'll we'll find out later on down the line. I mean, the uh, the reason it's a disadvantage is technically in the rule set, you roll each session to see whether an obligation is going to come up. Yep. Um, and if your obligation comes... So, when, if, an ob- if a PC obligation does come up, everyone suffers strain damage for that session. Right. So everybody's already at minus. The person whose obligation is rolled actually has double that minus. So I think it's the standard thing is minus one for the whole party and then minus two for the person who's obligation. Okay. And then if uh, the dice, the obligation dice that you roll, the D100, if that's double numbers, so say 66, if that was your obligation, you actually, the effect is doubled. So everyone okay. in the party gets minus two stress or minus two strain and then the person who was gets minus four. So I, it's really negative in that regard. I think it's actually better just as another DM tool. It's quite good because that is a hard thing to think about as a DM when you're already, if you're already creating a campaign or even if you're going off of a, a pre-written campaign, yep. it's hard to then bring the player stories into it, back into it. Whereas this kind of just says, oh, maybe this week something about this obligation triggered. So you might be like, oh yeah, so maybe I just write in like, oh, this bounty hunter appears and you know, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's a really nice, all I think for the DM if not yeah. even for the players yeah well as as we've got 75 out of 100 in obligation now you'll probably be seeing a lot of it Richard yeah. <laughs> but that's why we were kind of going off uh, a house rule that um, I suggested that I'd seen other people had done where yeah. you just kind of roll for a story arc so you go for higher obligation because you kind of want one of the obligations to come up because you want it to appear in the story arc at some point yeah Um but it just means you get a bit more spend and you're not always at the minus because that penalty could be really like detrimental to a play session, especially if you're all doubles. Like, having minus four would really suck. Yeah, your, yeah. your, your strain, I don't think... Would Given that I think we ended last session, I think I ended on one health. <laughs> yeah, your, your strain um, is basically how long before you get knocked out. So if you be, when you become exhausted, your character's downed. Um, so it's like 
as kind of almost secondary health bar that will take you out of the, the game as much as your actual health bar will do. Yeah. Uh, so four points off that, especially in the early game when yeah. Yeah. you don't have an awful lot of it, is kind of a big deal. But you can recover it through advantages. As well, oh yeah, which yeah, we weren't yeah. doing. Yeah, which we yeah. um. It's all I'm going to do from now on. And oh yeah, because you suffered so much. Like, <laughs> but but likewise, you can take strain through threats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I forgot you can also, yeah, you can take strain from aiming and things like that. Like you can actually you do an extra maneuver. Yeah, you can choose to strain. take strain. Yeah, it's it's quite a sophisticated system actually. Yeah, there's low. They there's basically the rule book pretty much says you can do whatever you want to do. Here's some things that you might want to do if you're going to do it yeah one of one of the things i was quite impressed by was um the fluidity of a lot of things in the rule book as well like it's particularly on characters it says that this is a game about having fun if there's ever anything that's means that somebody's not having fun change it yeah like just make it work for for your group make it easier for yourself if that's what you need to do make it easier for the players if that's what you need to do like if a player doesn't like a character just let them change their character and kind of stick at more or less the same power level that they are. Like, like you're saying, you guys spending the obligation at the start means that you can tool up your characters a bit more, so you're you're already more invested in the characters. Whereas something like D and D, really yeah. get to do that. Yeah, exactly. Does that mean we can change the dice? <laughs> I can do little pictures. So like you disadvantages, Admiral Akbar. How's, and then how, like success. Is that, is that better or worse? <laughs> yeah, because at least I'll know what's going on. I'm yeah. like, ah, oh, two Darth Vaders. And everyone can be. <laughs> I'm not coming off well. Amazing. If you want to do that, we can get yeah, that done. All right. Cool. We'll definitely get that done. Like stormtroopers and I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so um, I feel like you would definitely you would get that done, and then you'd roll it and be like, "What do stormtroopers do?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're we're playing the um, Edge of the Empire beginner, and from there we're going into the um, the free scenario that was put up on the website that follows directly on. Um, and then I'm going to probably spoilers. Work... Well, you guys, <laughs> then I'm going to work in the scenario that they put up, which is also a beginner scenario. So you could download that for free and just try it out. Um, which we'll was put up for the um, free RPG day a few years ago, um, which is a cool kind of heist scenario. So there's plenty of avenues to try this out. I would recommend one of the beginner games because you don't have to spend an awful lot of time as the GM learning it. It does kind of detail things as they come up. Um, and it's free, or at least yeah. relatively inexpensive. Yeah. And yeah. the core book is fairly expensive. Yeah, that's the only downside is that it's high production value, but that comes at a reasonably high cost compared to, for instance, you can get start sets. For like the start set for D&D is ridiculously good value. Yeah, it's like twenty like quid for fifth edition. Right? Yeah, you get the whole box, including the pre-gen characters. Like, well, I mean, like, the, the the beginner box you got, I think, is twenty five thirty. Yeah, okay, that's not bad. So, yeah, which, yeah. which isn't terrible, and that gives you all the dice. Um, so it's perhaps worth getting yeah. for that and just the the intro. Um, and it does have a kind of reduced version of the rules, so you yeah. could get going with that. Yeah. But the rule book itself, um, I think, is RRP thirty, but. It's on Amazon at the moment for forty pounds and seems to be out of stock everywhere. Yeah. Um yeah, on the website both the um both the Edge of the Empire and the second one, the Age of Rebellion. Age of Rebellion, they're both out of stock, just Yeah. But but that's that's one thing that's quite interesting. There's it's one RPG system 
um, that split into three based on where you want to set it. So the edge of the empire is kind of the fringe stuff. So that means you're dealing with much more like the scum and villainy yeah, side of it. So you're dealing with smugglers. the huts, smugglers, um, that, and that, that whole side, which is quite cool because it means that you can get really invested in the world of Star Wars without having to um, deal with the Force. Yeah, which... I think they were very intentional in that the third one, so the last one that came out, was the Force one. And before that, you can potentially have Force-sensitive characters, Yeah, but they explicitly say, hey, this guy's not Jedi. He's not going to be doing cool stuff. Here's some very, very basic force powers you can use and here's how you do it but you won't be playing the jedi yeah so don't go into it being like oh yeah i'm basically <laughs> the guy from force unleashed like i can bring down the star destroyer if it's like, no no you can't yeah <laughs> you'll be very much struggling with the pebble <laughs> which is cool because i think the whole thing about um you know being an rpg and you're you, the character progression if you're a Jedi, like how, how much is your character really going to progress? Like You're going to have to start off with some kick-ass powers, otherwise you're not going to feel like a Jedi. Whereas with this, like there's still some really cool stuff you can do. Like Your characters can yeah. do some crazy things, especially because you're all different, very non-human races. Yeah. Um, so, but you just don't have to deal with it. Yeah. That, that was what I didn't like about the D20 one, actually, is that we had two Jedi two Jedi players. One of them was ridiculously underpowered, that was yours, Andy, yeah. because he didn't have a lightsaber. Yeah. And, <clears throat> like, all melee weapons in that game suck if you if they're not lightsabers. And then the other one was just had all force powers and was ridiculously overpowered. Like, Catherine's character could just... I mean, she brought down, like, a mountain on someone, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, she placed it because she didn't want to hurt them. That's yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> I gave her a lot of stick for that. Yep. Yeah, like, it, it was kind of weird in that regard, and I think that is something a lot of Star Wars things suffer with, is that because Jedi are the cool thing to be, people always want to play them. And as a result, they kind of put all of the other classes on the back pedal because they're kind of like, who's... Who's going to want to just fire a blaster if the person either side of them is, you know... Dual-wielding lightsabers. Yeah, exactly. But then this is what Fancy Flights kind of handled quite well by basically yeah. just saying, yeah, get a blaster. We'd be lucky if we get a heavy blaster. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, they've made those weapons seem cool. Yeah. And the, the advantages and the threats really work in that space, that, the favour of that, because it means that you can... I know we're kind of bad-mouthing those earlier, but it means that, oh, yeah, you fired your blaster and you got two advantages. So maybe you you rolled a miss, but you got two advantages. So maybe your blaster bolt hits something in the environment which causes something to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not a lightsaber and you're not slicing through fools, but you've still got this cool thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it just helps balance it and keep everything a bit more interesting. Yeah, so you're still doing cool stuff without having your dual lightsabers. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so the, so there's the Edge of the Empire, which we're playing. There's then the Age of Rebellion, which is, um, like it sounds, you're, you're kind of drafted into that, yeah, that into side of it. Forces so you're going to be thing, rebel yeah. forces. Yeah. Um, you're going to be piloting X-Wings and yeah. just doing cool stuff like that. <laughs> and we're not playing that? All right. Well, <laughs> we might be a, yeah, you never know. Um, and then there's the, there's the Force and Destiny, which is... Um, <clears throat> 
I'm not entirely sure whereabouts it's set, but that's all about getting your Force powers and becoming Jedi or Sith. I think, again, it might be back in the fringe or, like, Outer Rim, maybe. I think because it I think be. it's kind of where the Jedi exiles are. I'm guessing. I don't. I yeah. haven't properly read it, but that would make sense. It's going to be the less inhabited worlds because <laughs> it's going to be where they hide. But, but all, all of these are set between um, the... Uh, Destruction of the first um, Death Star and the Battle of Hoth. Um, so that's quite a long period. Um, but it means that it's happening during those original three films. And like I said, all of these three things work in tandem. So if all of a sudden one of you decided that you wanted to be a Jedi, you could have a conversation with me and we could go and say, okay, well, we need to start looking at this. And, oh, maybe a mission takes you up near this stuff and then we can start working on that which is really cool yeah um and you know on the flip side hey maybe all three of you want to join the rebel forces i was gonna say yeah and get an x-wing each like that's the thing that we can do um jimmy's we, eyes like yeah up maybe 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 at some point someone meets their hero yeah and, i need to bump yeah. into old admiral turns out it's not a trap um which is you know it's it's really cool, that, that, yeah, especially because we are all Star Wars fans, and you know, if we weren't Star Wars fans, we probably wouldn't be playing this. Like, it's a good enough system, but I think you need to have enough investment in the universe yeah. to really get stuff out of it. Um, but because we are, we can kind of really delve into it and enjoy hmm. that side of it, um, and enjoy going and meeting our heroes. You know, maybe yeah. we can meet people like Akbar or, yeah. you know. That's all Jimmy's there for. Yeah, exactly. that's it. Uh, when's my appointment with Admiral Akbar? <laughs> I believe I had an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, we have a good knowledge of, of that universe, so we yeah. can really kind of sink our teeth into <clears throat> it and kind of put our feelers out and see what yeah. we want to what we want to try out. And the, the, the system allows for that, which yeah. is great. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. So we're all having fun. Um, talking of fun games, Jimmy's just got a brand new game. Yeah. Which we've not played yet but jimmy talk us about this game and why you bought it it was star wars yeah. <laughs> um star wars rebellion the big fantasy flight mega game but it's a miniatures game because apparently board it's game rights mean that they're not allowed to call it a board game yeah F- fantasy flight do not have the rights for star wars board games but they put out games with a board, so long as there's some miniatures in there the problem with this is people that love miniatures have thought they were buying like X-Wing miniatures yeah. or just Star Wars collectors are like, oh my god, there's a box that for whatever it was, £65, £60? Oh, you get 150 Star Wars toys. So they've all bought it, which means people that want to play the game are now going, oh, it's <laughs> can I play that Star Wars board game? Like, no. Yeah, and it, it's expensive to And the people that bought it for miniatures, I don't think are going to be no, super happy. That. Like yeah. compared to what the other sets have had, yeah. Fantasy Flight. Like the minis not... are cool, but they are yeah, they're, minis. <laughs> they're pieces for a board yeah. game. Not yeah. like there's no acrylic snazzy bases. Yeah, exactly. like, it's all it's functional, which is cool. But people might be getting angry about that on both sides. Yeah, to give an idea of the quality, if you've played um, Star Wars Armada, mm. the X wings and the Tie Fighters are yeah, the, the same X wings and Tie Fighters that you find in the squadrons. Yeah. And that quality is applied throughout. So do not expect that lovely, beautiful yeah. um, Imperial Star Destroyer that you get in uh, Imperial Assault because it is a much smaller model. Yeah. It's purely representative. They still look cool yes. and they still 
they look exactly like you would expect them to be. They're done to a, a, like a pretty good high quality. You've got the snow speeders, which haven't yeah. been in any other yeah. fantasy flight thing yet. So uh, I'm in. But but you know they they are just pieces. I mean, yeah. like you yeah, said, exactly. they're pieces yeah, for a board game. Which... They're not miniatures as much as they have like, to, have to say that they're miniatures. They are not. Mm. Uh, you look forward to being the majestic empire or the rebel scum. Uh, I'm going to be the rebel player. It seems cool hiding Have a base. You not learned then... anything from Fantasy Flight games. Oh yeah, it means <laughs> I'm screwed. Always but... play Empire. <laughs> you know the the main mechanic of that hide and seek game of Imperial players trying to find where you've hidden your base on this tiled board where you can pick any planet. Like that's cool. Just mind games, and then because it's in that Star Wars world, there's that whole push of you can put your base on Hoth, but then like the Imperial player, and then play on that. Like who would be dumb enough? To <laughs> they're based there or obviously for the Empire they can blow up Dagobah it's like you can't go meet Yoda because instead of Alderaan the Death Star blew up yeah. that planet instead so there's a few bits where you can mess around and it's got more value or fan service that way like if you're into Star Wars that sort of thing adds whatever two extra points to its score but you hate it Andy and this why <laughs> Um, just before we go into that, there is also generals, isn't there? So you can sort yeah, of place... so you have your little characters that yeah. you can place different generals and different. They all have different buffs and things they have to go do. And yeah, you've got like Mon Mothma and Grand Moth Tarkin and Darth Vader and Yoda, people like that, people that you know from the films. Yeah, it seems cool. Yeah, you take it in turns and play them one by one, so it's all like counter picking or pretending you're going to send Princess Leia, but then if they've got Palpatine left to play you're trying to bait them into putting him somewhere else. So it looks interesting. Cool. It's like kind of three games in one, I guess, is sort of how it works. There's a few different yeah. things at play. Yeah, yeah, there's the kind of general expansion, but then you're also yeah. playing mission the, cards. The general thing, there's the really obvious, just find the base yeah. game, which is going on hide and seek, and then your little strategic kind of army game where you're putting your troops and then doing mini combat sessions. Which sounds cool, but but here's a counterpoint. And I don't hate it. I just I'm just, I'm not that interested in it. I've got the card game. I've got the RPG. That's that's enough Star Wars for me. Just the two. Yeah. Doesn't even mention Imperial Assault. Yeah, Imperial Assault, Armada, X-wing well, miniatures. When was the last time you played the card game, Mister Jones? Strong point. Um, was it in 2016? It was not. No. <laughs> but then, like, but if I'm gonna play. I'd prefer to play the card game and try that again. Is the card game still getting boosters in the same yeah, way? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, um, So have it's they gone into I'm really behind. Awakens yet? No. Oh, uh, no. No, I think they are doing some rebel stuff. Oh, that's cool. Oh, um, yeah, I imagine it would. Oh, oh, board games are always really far behind. Like, yeah. Look at um, the Marvel legendary stuff. Yeah. They've, they've still not really caught up with the films. Like they they released the Guardians of the Galaxy pack, I think this year. No, no, that, no, that was last year. But I don't got, think um, they've done. I don't know if they've got any more plans. They've got else. the next set, which is Civil War, <clears throat> coming out. But then it's like the comic Civil War, not the films. Yeah, yeah. Not. And is that Civil War One or Civil War Two? Because that's what's currently going on in the comics. Civil War One. It's yeah. Civil it's, War Two. It's in the comics. Yeah, the... Captain Marvel versus yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. Well, I've got some catching up to do. Um, cool. So I think we're gonna play 
you, well, you guys are definitely going to play that in the yeah, next. You've refused to play it. Two weeks. Um, yeah, so, so we'll so come that, back to that in the next podcast. That plays two or four, really. This is I, something that I don't get. I can see three working because, as the Empire, there's more like you can talk. But as the Rebels, I just can't see how. If I'm standing next to Tom, where I think we should put the base <laughs> over here, Tom. No, we just and then we've got to text to each other. True, you can text, but yeah. it's very. Yeah, I'm, of I'm, the two sides, Empire I think is cool because you're very. Yeah. You can be a lot more you, open. It would make sense that you could that send... and then you watch the person opposite you crying. <laughs> you know they've got their base. Whereas the rebel players think it's a bit harder as a two v two thing to do without being like, can you not look for a second? Yeah, I mean it's it's actually a really good representation of the kind of how those two factions would be feeling because, like you say, the rebels need to be quite discreet. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Whereas the Imperials can just be like, yeah, we're a motherfucking yeah. trundling uh, around. We are. Yeah, I quite like the idea of the rebels having to pass notes so that the Imperials don't know what they're doing. Like, yeah, yeah. just like a. <laughs> I mean, it's a board game with miniatures, so I'm in in the same way. All of and, these and things. It's a miniature game of a board. <laughs> and, it, and it's Star Wars and it's based within the original three. It, yeah. Basically, that, that game plays across the original three films uh, and you. Are gonna change how those things happen. Yeah, exactly. Where, it's the, the, where the yeah. where the rebel base is, like maybe that whole thing that happened on Hoth actually happens on somewhere like Naboo. Maybe Naboo just gets destroyed by the Death Star because everybody wants to forget about that. <laughs> you know, like that. What Gungans? That planet is definitely yeah. there for that Misa reason. Misa, no, no, what yeah. you're talking about? <laughs> Which planet do we? Have? Yes, think, make sure you can kill Jar Jar. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you say, I I really like um the idea of having to make a base at the start of the game and stick with it. And as the game goes on, that base gets less and less hidden. Um, So there's a chance that the Imperial player is going to find it right off the bat. That actually, if you play your cards right and you try and show show, uh, some strength somewhere else because you're trying to hide or maybe respond to how the Imperial player is moving in a certain direction to draw them away from where your base is, that whole thing seems really cool, and I, I'm really excited to, to try that all out. Yeah, so it's been a very Star Wars-focused podcast. It has. Um, I hope you enjoy Star Wars, otherwise this was a bit of a bore for you. Um, don't worry, we're still totally into other games. In fact, we will be hosting a Game of Thrones LCG 2nd Edition tournament hey. at Loading Bar. In Stratford. This is news to me. Uh, yeah, there'll, there'll be details there by any, the time this podcast comes. <laughs> Cheers, Jimmy. Thanks for backing us up there. Uh, and not, yeah. There's a, the video on our YouTube channel, uh, which will link to the uh, event page on Facebook. Don't worry, Jimmy. We'll, we will sort this You've out. Done that as well? If you're interested in that, there will be a um, link in the show description, but also you can just tweet at us. Yeah, questions. wasn't Andy saying someone would beat him? He was offering cash bribes. It was like £50 if anyone can take him down. Can't be done. Sure, potentially that may not happen. Um, Game of Thrones have bounties in it. I'll put a bounty on his head. That you bring me the crush deck of Andy Jones. I'll reward you handsomely. And of course, you can see our Game of Thrones play play through videos on on the channel as well. Uh, But for this podcast, I'd like to thank our guests, Mr. Tom Ryan. Thank you very much. And Mr. Jimmy Dance. Thank you. Of the, Loading Bar. The birthday boy, Tom Ryan. The birthday boy. Tom, if people want to wish you a happy birthday, even though it's a few days late, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, at T Ryan Art. 
Lovely. Jimmy, if people want to come to Loading Bar Dalston or Loading Bar Stratford yeah. and want to ask you a question about it, where can they tweet you? At Drink Relax Play. <coughs> All the new website. Which is? Which is? Loadingonline.co.uk. Nice. Perfect. Perfect. And as ever, you can find Richard at? RDS Rich. Myself at RDS Jonesy. And the website at rollingdiceshow.com. And on Twitter at rollingdiceshow. Uh, yes, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope you have a great couple of weeks. And until the next podcast, definitely play more games. Or keep rolling dice, Copyright but I don't want to start. TM. <laughs> so, so instead of saying our crappy catchphrase, you want to steal Will Wheaton's crappy cra- yeah. catchphrase. Bye! <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.